One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 110. Today, we're tackling a seriously big topic, how to stop holding yourself back and how to start actually making it happen. I am so, so, so excited to share some of the things I've learned that have helped me do just that. If I could sum up the single most important thing I've learned as a small business owner, it would be this. Action is queen. You can have all the motivation, grand plans, and courses in the world, but none of it matters if you're not taking action. It's the action that changes things in your business, not the learning, planning, strategizing by itself. No one knows this better than I do. I've spent years of my life dreaming and hoping and planning and wishing, doing everything except actually taking the actions that I needed to take to see things change. But in the last few years, I've stumbled upon some tools that have really helped me to take consistent action in my business, leading me to have a business that I'm so proud of and excited about. I cannot wait to share these tools with you. So let's get into it. Number one is to get honest with yourself. Well, geez, we're starting this out with a bit of a doozy. But one of the most important things you can do to really start making things happen in your business is to be honest with yourself. Are you one of those people who creates these super grand plans, but doesn't have the best track record at executing them? This pattern is definitely one that I'm familiar with. And I have to admit, a little part of me kind of loves this endless optimism I have that things will be different this time. But unfortunately, optimism isn't enough to make things happen. When we're making big plans for our business, it is so important to be really honest with ourselves and to try to preempt any possible issues that might get in the way. When you have big plans, you want to ask yourself, What might stop me from taking action on this? Where might I get stuck? Have I made a plan like this before? How did it go? What could I do differently to make it more likely to follow through this time? Is there anything in this plan that feels overwhelming? How can I break that up into more manageable pieces? And do I have the bandwidth to actually execute this plan? Or do I need to adjust my expectations so that this makes sense with the time and energy I have available? The second tool is to set yourself up for success. Related to the first tool of getting honest with yourself, let's show ourselves the ultimate act of self-compassion by setting ourselves up for success. When you have something you want to do, ask yourself up front, what can I do to make my success inevitable? One big concept I took away from Atomic Habits, the book by James Clear, is this. We can't control our motivation. It's there sometimes, it's not other times. We can't leave our fate in the hands of motivation. What we can control, mostly at least, is our environment. We can set our environment up in a way that will help us achieve our goals, not hold us back, so that we're not depending on our motivation to make progress. 
For example, if we notice we're always going on social media instead, instead of getting other work done, we can install a social media site blocker on our computer. Or if we want to consistently exercise, we can make sure that our exercise equipment is in a prominent place in our home. If we're trying to eat more healthfully, we can put healthier foods at eye level and store the less healthy stuff in less noticeable places. How can you make your environment specifically designed to help you do what you want to be doing? Another way to set yourself up for success is about having realistic expectations. I personally tend to bite off way more than I can chew. I commit to doing way too much and then I get overwhelmed when I realize I don't have the time or bandwidth to actually follow my plan. So instead, what if you set a low bar for yourself, get super clear on your available bandwidth, and then commit to things you know you can definitely handle given the other demands on your time and energy? I think people hesitate to set a low bar for themselves because they feel like they're letting themselves off the hook. But the truth is, if you finish everything you commit to and you still have time, then by all means, you can do more if you want. But part of setting ourselves up for success is managing our own emotional state. If every day I create a to-do list for myself that I can't possibly get all the way through, I'm setting myself up every day to feel disappointed in myself when the day comes to an end and I didn't get through my list. On the other hand, if I set clear and manageable goals each day in a certain project, I can end the day on a high when I actually gotten them all done, feeling proud of myself and full of momentum to go into the next day. Tool number three is to find your focus. How do we sit down and do the things we set out to do without getting distracted by the thoughts racing through our minds or other projects and tasks? I would recommend that you really spend some time thinking about the times you find yourself most productive. What do they have in common? Is it a certain time of day? Are you working in a certain environment? Get really curious and see if you can notice any patterns and then try to build those elements into your work schedule as much as you can. But the reality is sometimes we're just not in the exact right location or it's not the right time of day, but we still have things that need to get done. So how do we sit down and actually focus? Well, today I thought I would share two things I use to get focused that work every single time. Seriously, every time. The two methods I use are the Pomodoro technique and focus music. The Pomodoro technique is a productivity strategy named after those old plastic tomato shaped kitchen timers. The old school analog kind that you twist to set the time and then they tick down the time and they ding when the time is up. Most commonly, people will talk about working in Pomodoros, which is a 25 minute increment. During those 25 minutes, you don't check social media or your phone, but you know that when they're up, you'll get a break. Then when the 25 minute timer goes off, you give yourself another timer for about five minutes to do whatever you want. Then you go back into another Pomodoro of focus time. Pomodoros work because 25 minutes just isn't that long. Any of us can work for 25 minutes, but it's surprising how much you can get done when you stack up a few of these Pomodoros. Also, in a sense, the Pomodoro technique is a bit of a reward system. After we work for 25 minutes, we are rewarded with the chance to check our phone or social media or email or whatever we want, which is motivating. You don't need any fancy tools to do the Pomodoro technique, just a timer of some kind that you can set to 25 minutes and then five minutes afterward. There are some free tools you can use online that have these two timers automatically set one after another. I'll link to a couple in the show notes. The second technique I use for focus is, for lack of a better word, focus music. There's a lot of this kind of music on YouTube or Spotify you can search for, but I actually subscribe to a paid service that has a bunch of different focus channels. The service I use and have used for years is called Focus at Will. It uses scientifically optimized music to help you focus. 
Like I said, these tools play music that has been scientifically optimized for productivity. You can usually adjust the intensity or speed of the beat or select different types of music, but they tend to be instrumental with a consistent beat that just kind of gets you in the zone. Again, I'll link to Focus at Will, as well as some free playlists you can check out if you want in the show notes. For some reason, when I use focus music, my brain just stays in the zone of what I'm doing. I don't find myself checking social media or my email. I just power through. In fact, as I prepare my thoughts for this episode, I am listening to my focus at will going strong. So how do I combine these two tools? I turn on focus at will. I set the built-in timer on there for 25 minutes, and then I work until the timer goes off while listening to the focus music. If you're not using focus at will, you could just set a timer on your computer or your phone, listen to music that helps you focus until that timer goes off. Then you normally set yourself another timer, giving yourself five minutes to do whatever you want, and then rinse and repeat. The fourth tool I have to share with you is to be consistent. Taking consistent action is so critical to making things happen. Here's a quote from Atomic Habits by James Clear. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Your goal is your desired outcome. Your system is the collection of daily habits that will get you there. This year, spend less time focusing on outcomes and more time focusing on habits that precede the results. Setting ourselves up for success is about building a system. A system is a set of actions we repeat consistently. In other words, a system is the actions that we do over and over again. Our results are not determined by one big gesture we do one time, but by the small things we do consistently. I've shared this on the podcast, but recently I hit 60,000 downloads of this podcast. This feels kind of miraculous to me because my pattern is usually to give up on things way before I start seeing the big and exciting results. Taking small actions consistently over time is pretty magical. And now I'm trying to apply this concept to other parts of my business and life. What could happen if I showed up consistently for the long haul? Whether you're working on building your email list, starting a YouTube channel, getting better at your craft, growing a social media platform, getting wholesale accounts, whatever it is, the key to finding success is to take action consistently, even when you're not seeing immediate results. One great way to make sure that you consistently take action is to create accountability for yourself, which brings us to the fifth and final tool I wanted to share today, which is to get accountable. I've always been one of those people who is extremely reliable. If I commit to meet you somewhere or do something for you, you better believe I'll be there with bells on. I never struggle to get homework turned in on time or meet work deadlines. Then I started working for myself and suddenly I was the boss. I found myself setting these grand plans and then simply pushing the deadlines back and back again. Over and over again, I would make these promises to myself about what I was going to do in my business. And then I would break those promises time and time again. This new pattern really affected my confidence. I started to feel like maybe I wasn't the dependable, capable person I'd always thought myself to be, because why was I always letting myself down in my business? I somewhat accidentally stumbled upon the solution to this pattern of letting myself down when I finally started making some small business friends. When I made these new friends, I naturally found myself joining accountability groups where each member of the group would commit to what they were going to do in a given week or month, and then we'd all report back on our progress the next time we met. Lo and behold, when other people were involved, I started getting things done again, and my intense belief in the power of accountability was born. Why does accountability work? Well, I can only speak for myself, but I imagine this is true for many folks. When I set deadlines for myself, there is no cost if I miss the deadlines, except just letting myself down. 
I didn't have to admit it to anyone except myself. However, when I committed to doing something and told other people about it, there's a cost if I don't do it. I have to fess up and admit that I haven't followed through. It's important to me that other people consider me true to my word and dependable, and I risk people thinking otherwise if I don't fulfill my commitments. So as a result, when there's accountability built in, I am much more likely to follow through. And my guess is that the same would be true for you. So over the last couple of years, I've built accountability into my business in every way that I could think of. But there are three main ways I use accountability that I find most effective, and I want to share those with you today. The first type of accountability I use is with my peers. So when I'm working on projects, I like to connect with other small business owners and let them know what I'm working on and the timeline that I've committed to things coming out. The second type of accountability is with my team. Not every business has or wants employees. So if that's not part of your plan, you can ignore this part. But if you currently have or want to have employees, you can create accountability with them. Just like you probably give them deadlines, I like to also commit to them what I'm working on when I'm going to be doing certain things. This especially works when the person I'm working with needs something from me in order to do their job. If I know they can't do their job without me completing my end of the bargain first, I will do it. The third way I've built in accountability is with my audience. This is super, super powerful. When I have a big plan, I no longer keep it to myself. If I'm launching a product collection, I share that with other people and let them know when they can expect to see it. When I launched my membership program, Making Good Happen, I talked about it for a couple of months before I finally had a website to sign up with. And even then I said, on January 3rd, Making Good Happen launches. If I hadn't set that date of January 3rd, I can tell you with 100% certainty that this program wouldn't be here. That public commitment was so powerful. Finally, if you have a piece of content that you release regularly, tell your audience. This podcast always comes out on Tuesdays and I pull out all the stops to happen, even when it sometimes leads to a late night, because I know that people are waiting for it. The truth is, I don't always feel like doing the things that I've committed to doing, but when I've built accountability in, I do them anyway. So that is my list of five tools that will help you make it happen. First, get honest with yourself. Second, build fail-proof systems or set yourself up for success. Third, find your focus. Fourth, be consistent even when you're not seeing results. And fifth, get accountable. If you're looking to really start making things happen in your business, I would love to work with you inside of my membership, Making Good Happen. Making Good Happen is all about going from overwhelm and procrastination to taking consistent action through accountability. So everything we're talking about today. Get all of the details at makinggoodpodcast.com slash MGH. You can find the details from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 110. That's 110. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love your support. Here are three ways that you can support Making Good. First, you can leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. That would be just the best. Second, if you have a friend you think would enjoy this podcast, you could send them the link. And third, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to this episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.